Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life and Sport Podcast. And we're joined by one of our first, uh, you could say, Newcastle Jets guests. We've had Mariners players on. We've had um, Leeds United players on. So this is our first Newcastle Jets, um, uh, Adelaide, uh, basically a bit of everywhere uh, guest. His name is Ryan Griffiths. Thank you for joining us. And how's your morning going so far? So far, so good. Uh, had a coffee down at the beach, a little bit chilly, but it's like, it's how I uh, normally start my day, and it's uh, it's pretty good. Very very grateful for it. Very nice. Is that Merriweather Beach? Uh yeah, Bar Beach, Merriweather yep. Beach. Kind of mixed it up a bit. Yeah, nice. There's a, there's quite a few nice cafes along that area. So yeah, that that's a lovely morning and a lovely way to start it. And so let's get started with the interview. Um, your first uh, semi slash professional club in particular was Northern Spirit. What was it like playing for such a you could say renowned club? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, we were, I guess it was the first uh, time Northern Spirit came up, came about. And the only place we could basically play was out west, uh, coming from Cronulla. There was no teams locally, so a lot of trips out west to Sydney United. Yep. And then we got the opportunity to play in the, the youth team there at Northern Spirit. Uh, the setup was fantastic. Uh, the yeah. players, everything. You know, we got free lunches and things oh, like that. It was just welcome to professional football. Yeah, it was just, it was insane because back then it wasn't real. It was professional, but it wasn't really professional, if you know gotcha. what I mean. Yep. So, um, yeah, we went over there and we're cleaning boots and doing all of those old school apprentice type of things for, for the older players. And yep. I think it's probably something that's missing these days. It's just I'd, that I'd little say bit of respect so. A little bit, old- yeah. Yeah, you know, like when I became older, I was like, you know, it'd be nice if just the respect, I guess, uh, it's something that you learn and then earn. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was really good over there at Northern Spirit and some some massive superstars like Robbie Slater, Graham Arnold, Ian Crook, the whole team basically. Sorry <laughs> yeah. if I missed anyone out. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a, it was a team stacked with superstars. It really was. Yeah, exactly. And obviously you moved over from Northern Spirit to Manly Warringo, which are now, you know, amalgamated into Manly United, et cetera. What was it like going from Northern Spirit to Manly? It was something I had to do. I had to get some game time. Uh, I had a kind of contract for the next year, uh, but it wasn't guaranteed. And that's mm-hmm. uh, obviously all of those things have changed now with the PFA and, yep. and things like that, like job security. But back then there was no job security at all. Yep. So I had to drop back. Robbie Slater was coaching and he said, do you want to come back and, and play against, you know, men? And uh, so I went over there and did quite well for half a season. And then he was like, uh, Ian Crook and Gary, they were coaching up at uh, Gary Van Egmont, coaching up at Newcastle. And they said, oh, you've done well there. How about you come up and, and play for Newcastle United? So Yeah, this well, this is before they were the Jets, yeah. um, before the A-League was a thing. And yeah, how was that move going from Sydney all the way to Newcastle? Oh, it was awesome. It was probably the best thing that I could do is move away. Uh, I guess get that independence and, and understand the real world. Uh, <laughs> yep. In terms of paying for my own rent and uh, all of those things. I mean, I, I think I learned that at Northern Spirit. However, moving away from home, I think it's something that I think you need to do as a player to understand how to how to be away from family and things like that. Even though it was only two hours. It was still away from every, family. Still away, still quite young, but um, yeah, definitely enjoyed the move. Had a really good team and really good coaches, obviously. So 
was a good move. Yeah, nice. And obviously, you then spend a bit of time outside of the country uh, with, you know, Bucharesti. I'm going to probably butcher this one. Uh, Liaoning, um, uh, Beijing, Guan, uh, before you came back to the Jets. Uh, what was it like over in, in the international scene? It was really, really good. It was an eye-opener. I don't think... As in culturally uh, or the way they played? Culturally, it was, was huge. So... I was fortunate enough to play in the Athens Olympics and I went for a few top trials in Scotland. Mm -hmm. uh, Craig Moore actually said, you know, you need to get yourself overseas. And I was obviously looking up to Craig Moore who was playing at the Rangers. And I just said, oh, yeah. yeah, like, what should I do? And he said, come and stay at my house and I'll give <laughs> wow. you some trials. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. So I went back with him after the Olympics. What was that like? And, oh, it was amazing. I got to go and see him play in a, uh, in a derby against At Celtic. Ibrox? Even though I'm a Celtic fan, I was standing oh. with all the Rangers fans and <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I felt the breath just coming towards me on the yep. in the stadium. It was just the biggest eye-opener and how passionate they are over there for their football and their club. And I really enjoyed that experience. Trained with uh, Dundee and mm -hmm. actually got a contract. Oh, However, wow. I don't have a British passport. Oh, okay. So that fell through. Unfortunately, I would have loved to have done that because that would have been great. I believe, yeah, I believe I would have probably gone up the ranks in Scotland. Do you ever wonder, like, what could have been if you had, or you don't uh, worry about that these days? Uh, it hurts me a little bit to be honest because I know I had the resilience, uh, obviously, playing in Romania and China, yeah. but not to have that European passport was very, very tough. Yeah. Um, there were so many ways that we're trying to work it to, to be able to play there. But it wasn't to be, I, I know what I was capable of. Yeah. Yep. And I was just on the Eastern block. So in Eastern Europe, we were allowed to play and I was getting offers from Russia, even, even like parts of Germany, yep. um, which I probably in hindsight should have done. However, um, I'm, I'm very fortunate for the career that I've had and the places I've got to, to Oh, ab absolutely. Um, and obviously it goes without saying that, um, you know, Every nation's leagues have, uh, play play differently. You know, I've interviewed quite a few players. Some say, you know, England is very similar to, um, you know, Australia in the sense of it's quite physical, but it is also much more technical at the same time. Australia is a much more physical league, etc. And what sort of differences was, you know, in that sort of comparison was Romania and, you know, China like compared to the Australian leagues? Romania was tough. So yeah. my first six months there... I was just on and off the bench and yep. training really hard, real like just trying to get into this team that was like a mid to lower team, National yep. Bucharest. And the setup was fantastic. We we stayed in the hotel, which was basically right on the pitches. And we had a restaurant below us where they would feed us. Oh, you literally because had everything you needed by the same. Everything that you needed to be a pro. You had no excuses, had a gym, built up a lot of size, strength, power, like training was was really good um but the coach just didn't like me it was really weird oh. that he even signed me in the first place yeah okay and, isn't like um, it was weird that he signed you because he didn't like you or was it more he didn't sort of like you or vibe with you once you got there i, I don't know i think yeah. it's it's hard to say but i think coaches have their players yep and i believe yep. that i was just the club wanted to sign me so the president gotcha. had a lot of power yes yeah, so i think he signed me the coach didn't really want me there trying to loan me off to other teams. And I was just like, no, I'll just go back to the A-League was starting up. 
Yeah. Uh, I'll just go yeah. back to the A-League. But then I think my, my dad said, no, stick it out, stick it out. You know, yeah. don't come back. It's not worth it, all of that. And um, I stuck it out. He got sacked. New coach came in, which who used to play for Italy. Yep. Uh, Did the new coach you. vibe with you that, at, at this point? Oh, he, he loved me. Oh, that's awesome. Away, yeah, straight away. This is the, the thing that I think if you're a young player, just be resilient. Just stick yep. it out. Things just change. Things happen. And then, yeah, he came in and basically said, oh, Ryan, why you don't play? I see that you play for Australia. <laughs> yeah. You score he's this like, many made, goals for he's Australia. Like, you, you've got the chops for national. Yeah. Why are you not playing here? Yeah. And me being an arrogant young kid, I was just like, yeah, I know. What right? the hell? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. So um, he played me and my first game, we actually played against the top team, Dynamo Bucharest. Yep. And I scored a hat-trick. Oh, how good. I scored a hat-trick. We won the game. We got into the Romanian Cup and all that if, stuff. If, if that's not all over the yeah, right? all over the media. I bet you the like, former coach was eating eating his words. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think. Yeah, maybe, but I don't think so. I mean, but, oh, I'm three. Every goals, coach is different. A hat trick in your first. You got to deal with a hat trick in your first game. It's like that's basically unheard of, really, for any club that someone plays for. Like, so what was that feeling like at the end of that game? I think I, think I was just so hungry. Yeah, like, I was just so hungry, and we had two other, three other Aussies in the team at that time. Yep. And I just, and I hated it. I was just like, like they were really good players, John McCain, yep. Wayne Shroy, and Michael Thwaite. So they all yep. played for Australia at some, some stage of their career. So we had a really good Australian kind of group there. And I was the only one that wasn't playing and it was just killing me. So I think I was just so hungry to, to impress in that game. And I just remember oh. I was diving at everything and just trying to get those goals and, and got them and, uh, and then the rest kind of took off. And it wasn't long after that where but all three of the top clubs kind of just came in and just said, yeah, we'll buy, we'll buy yeah. Ryan. Um, and I didn't know what was going on because you yeah. hear these stories like transfers and things like that. But when it starts to happen to you, you're like, what the hell? Someone wants to pay a million euros for me? Yeah, you're like, like, what? Pardon? I'm not worth a million euros. Like, what the hell is that? So, yeah. Yeah, so wow. that was... It was really, really um, interesting. That's... It was a really good experience. Oh, absolutely. And then obviously, you, as you mentioned, you spoke to your dad and he was like, nah, stick it out. Don't come back to yet to the A-League. Well, you did come back eventually and you started up with, well, you could say you jetted back over and started with the Jets. Uh, well, or, well, not started because you were back at the Jets, but this time they were in the A-League. What was it like going from, yeah, um, Beijing and uh, Romania back to Australia? Um, I think I think I struggled um, with the professionalism. Okay. So coming from you know Romania and then China, where in Beijing it was very professional. Also, we had really good setup, and the players just knew the job. And then I came back to Newcastle, and I was really struggling. I think to fit into the group because okay. I was yeah. I, I mean, I was just so well drilled, yeah. and I know that a few of the players didn't like that and. You know, As in, like, because you were making them stick to a standard that they didn't want. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I get that now. Like, yeah. I look back. It took me a while to understand that, but now that I'm older, looking back, I'm like, I think that's what it was. Yeah. And a few of them I used to like rip into and say, you know how good you could be. 
and yeah. it was almost like they took offense to it but i was just trying to to get it in, get in your head at the time you were like just trying to help them but in hindsight it's like oh maybe yeah they they didn't see it as a nice way yeah. sort of thing yeah exactly so um I wouldn't change saying that either because one of them finally did kick into gear and ended up really, really having a great career after that. Yep. I'm very happy that he did. Um, I didn't say told you so or anything like that. No. But, he but went, in your he head, you're thinking coach. told you so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to mention his name. No, no, no. But in your head, it, like nowadays, you're like, I told him. I told him he would be. It, it was so frustrating. I was like, you are so good. Don't let other people bring you down. If you're good, and you have the ability and the talent. Um, yep. You really, really just need to knuckle down because it's a short period that you play for. Yeah. And I always feel that I always played above my level. Yeah. Um, so I know that if you've got a level, generally that's when people start to be lazy because they're like, oh, I'm so good. So gotcha. they don't try as hard. Gotcha. But um, if you've got that double combination, you know, like, like Kobe Bryant has. Yeah, got you've got that talent, talent and you've and got that work ability. ethic. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think that's the the key there. No, oh, absolutely. Um, pardon me. And after your stint at, well, time at the Jets, you went to uh, Baxi and Adelaide and quite a few other clubs. Uh, what was it like going from the Jets to Baxi and then from Baxi to Adelaide United? Yeah, I didn't like it. I mean, as a footballer, you don't see that. You see a lot of the fans get frustrated and upset. Yeah but you don't really see what happens. Um, there's a lot of politics, obviously, in any sport. Yeah. Football, unfortunately, there's just a lot of money that spins around and you know, you're know you at a club and you're enjoying yourself. So I was enjoying myself at Newcastle. We had at that stage, um, Tinkler was owning the club and he basically said to everyone, piss off. Like, I yeah. don't want to own this stupid soccer club and all of this type of stuff. And if you can find another club, and I think a few of us did, Yep. I really didn't want to go over to China again to to Bashi. Um, it was second division as well. It was yeah. it was a really really bad. It, it wasn't your level, as you were saying just before. You knew what real, your level it was, was at. It was a really bad move. I'm glad that it was only for a year. Yeah. But then from that, I guess I got to move on to you know Malaysia and experience that. And yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of these things happen for a reason, I guess. But uh, yeah, that that was a bad move. And and I think in football, like if you can stay at a club, like I would have stayed at a club all my whole, Your whole career, career if I you could. could. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I love Newcastle. I live here now. Um, I'm from Cronulla, but I, I consider <laughs> this my home. Obviously, my family's here. Yep. And I would have played here for forever, but. Yeah, they change owners, they change uh, presidents or whatever you want to call them, CEOs. And they either push you on, they want to make some money. Um, and that's just all part of the game. So you have to, yes. as a fan, now I'm a huge fan and I, I, I watch the games and I, I see players move around and you kind of, it frustrates me still that yep. good players have to leave the Jets. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually going to bring that up um, this season in particular because the Jets are unfortunately going through a bit of a rough time the last few years, um, mainly because of ownership and, and whatnot. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Jets' season just gone? I just wish that I had money, disposable money, that I could just buy the club and, and <laughs> yep. keep good players here and, and, and help Newcastle because we love our football up here. 
Yeah, they do. Um, everyone loves it, and but there's just so many things that go on behind the scenes. I'm just just really fed up with it. I'm, I'm very else is fed up with it. I'm a Mariners fan. I'll, I'll be the first to say that I grew up on the coast, and we went through. Well, the Mariners went through a very similar thing quite a, a little bit ago, and we ended up getting an owner that, luckily, it. I mean, from the outside looking in, yeah. doesn't care about the money. They're like, look, do what needs to be done for the club. Money's not an issue as into an extent, sort of thing. And that's, I think, what every club could benefit from, especially the Jets. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that needs to happen. Uh, I know a few people that have probably put their hand up before, but there's also criteria and things oh, like yes, that. Oh, yes, of course. There's also stadium changes. Like, I like Mac, Mac Jones Stadium. However, yeah, I think that if we got a smaller stadium that could tick a box and the A-League would allow it. Oh, absolutely. You'd, you'd fill that every fantastic. every home game. Every home game would be packed. That I, I reckon if you if you built Newcastle. one similar sizes in not the same design but similar sizes Central Coast Stadium, you guys would yeah. fill that every week, no doubt. Yeah, and and that's why the atmosphere is great when when Newcastle plays Central Coast because we bring about you know five six thousand, and there's about a good ten thousand of us there as well. Yeah, yeah, and then and then it's like a really good atmosphere every time that I go and watch that game. So um, I mean, it's just yeah, it's a lot of red tape. Yeah, um, you're talking about also one thing that I, I I firmly believe in is is promotion relegation. Oh, I'm a big believer in that as well. And hopefully with the B League coming up, it should maybe be that buffer that can get it there in the next few years. We need something. We need something because even the lower teams need support. Yeah, but, but they also like, need to oh, work for something. Anyway. We're going to stay up anyway. They and need the that fear. The they need that I don't fear need to go. We're coming last. I don't need to support them. However, if you go to the game because you're coming dead last, you know, you look at the Prem, you look at even like watching that series. Rex I'm a Leeds United fan, so I understand the promotion <laughs> relegation game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of work to do. So yeah. it's just that. And, and then that becomes embedded into the fan. And it becomes the more passionate of a fan. Passionate. Yeah, it brings a bit of a culture about... Um, just first division becomes more exciting if you want to yep. call it first division. Uh, your crowds will come. Uh, like, you know, there's a lot of those clubs in Sydney that I used to play against. And they said, you know, we, we don't want to have the ethnic uh, background. But I'm just like, just let let it be. They, yep. they created the game in Australia. So, you know. Um, like Sydney United 58, they're back. a massive <laughs> Croatian club, you know. Yeah, massive, massive. So, um, yeah, if they tick all the boxes in terms of lighting and things like that, then, you know, I don't see why not. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. And obviously, towards the end of your career, you've uh, finished up playing in Newcastle area in Lambton and for Newcastle Olympic. What was it like getting back to, for lack of a better term, the grassroots, like Northern New South Wales MPL sort of stuff? Yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Um, I didn't want to do it. Uh, Joel was playing for the Jaffers there at Lambton and the, I'm, I'm good friends with the owner or the, the guy that runs the club, Chris Nedden. And they kind of like, they didn't put pressure on me, but it was like a lot of nudging, you know, like, come yeah. on, come on, come on. And I went back and I ended up putting the boots back on and um, it was really fun. So yeah, I'm glad that I did it. And then over at Olympic, we, I actually went back and played over 35s with some buddies. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so we played over 35s on a Friday night 
super slow pace, but beers like beers half time and beers after the game. Yeah, so nice. that type of environment. So that was exactly fun. what you needed, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that's what it was. It was just a lot of fun and good socially. And then um Joel decided to be the head coach for Olympic, yeah. Newcastle Olympic, and said, Do you want to be the assistant coach? And I was like, Oh yeah. Well, what was that. that like? So what was it like? Oh, yeah. it was really good. Yeah, well I started I started coaching and yep. helping players and doing all of that. And we'll just short a few players. Oh, okay. So I put on my boots for training and then Joel's just like, You can you can play. And I was just like, yeah, I can. This is, this is interesting. Like yep. 39 years old or whatever. <laughs> yep. And I uh, put them on and then I said, you can play. And he goes, yeah, I can. So <laughs> we both put our boots on. Yep. So you're we're literal playing. captain coach and like captain coaching type thing and assistant coach playing sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. it was really good. Um, I really enjoyed coaching. Uh, I, I like helping players uh, obviously improve and, and just throwing a bit of knowledge that I've learned over the years onto them. And some of them listen, some don't. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Um, but I think that's part of coaching is you've got yeah. to learn how to get attention and how to be as a coach. But uh, yeah, then I just got too busy with outside of football stuff, uh, work yeah. and things like that. So I just decided to, to give that a break. No, that's fair enough. And we'll get we'll get into that topic in a little bit. But for now, we're up to the quick fire questions. First of all, obviously, because Geek Media, this will be interesting to hear your your top, your thoughts. Uh, Apple or Android? Apple. Yes, absolutely. But for me, I'm Apple devices like phone and, and tablets. But yeah. computer, I prefer Windows. Same, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so Apple when it comes to phone products. Um, what's your favorite food? Because we will touch that on it that you are a plant-based or you could say vegan. Uh, we'll we'll yep. touch on that shortly. But, um, yeah, so what's your favorite food? We just eat leaves. Yeah. Uh, isn't it lawn trimmings? Yeah, everyone just thinks that I eat leaves, so probably leaves. <laughs> yep, uh, with a little bit of bark for a bit of for a bit of spice and flavor. What's yeah. your favorite movie of all time? Uh, movie uh, Lock, Stock, and Snatch. And, oh both, yeah, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. You mean? That's the one. Yep. Good film with a former Great. Leeds player, obviously, um, Vinnie Jones. Yeah, Vinnie Jones was in there. I actually was... didn't like watching him play. He was a bit of a psycho. Wasn't he, he was a bit, honestly. He was. Yeah, he. He's a better actor than he is a... He's a good actor. But yeah, those movies are great. They were the first of their time. And uh, yeah. I think they... a lot of people try to copy it after that. Oh, they did. But they couldn't replicate those two films at all. Uh, What's your favourite music of all time? Or like, what sort of music do you like listening to? Uh, heavier Side of Rock. So, you know, Rage Against the Machine. Yep. Um, I like Phoenix and bands like that. Just went and watched Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, nice. How was that? Saturday night. That was awesome. Yeah, nice. so yeah, big, big, uh, big muso. Nineties, early two thousands, heavier rock. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, what's your what could, uh, word vomit? Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Oh wow, um, <laughs> this is this is on the spot. Isn't it? it isn't I've never this even one thought yet. about this. Um, Just uh, probably that 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 pill without taking the pill. Uh, yep. What's that called? Where where he's just like sees everything. He's hyper focused and yeah, I know the well. one you're talking about. Yep. 
probably that just to say hyper focus without getting brain fog and tired yeah awesome. that that would be great um yeah. so obviously we've covered your time as assistant coach because that's my that was my next topic so um towards the end of your career well not towards the end you said you ended up getting eight years out of your body from changing to a plant-based diet um what was first of all the decision behind that and obviously you're still plant-based so how is that going for you now and you know did you struggle with changing your diet at the start and also when transitioning into retirement yeah so i, I did it because when i was playing for sarawak mm-hmm. i was just getting really sore and tired lethargic and actually didn't know what what it was yeah. um just getting so many little niggling injuries. I would have been about 32. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is just getting old. Like, this is just normal. This is why people retire. And then I just started looking at some research like Kelly Slater. I think at that time, Nate Diaz just absolutely destroyed Conor McGregor. And then there was all these memes like him going, you know, he swears, obviously, but it was like yeah. plant-based mother, you know, yeah. how Nate yeah. Diaz speaks. And I was just like, what? He's plant-based. He's, he's vegan. He cops so much crap for being vegan. And, he's just and yet like, he's like one of the best UFC hardest, fighters. I'm the hardest in here. Like, Yeah, I'm the hardest up, vegan you know? ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I was like, okay, there's a few few really respected people that I, that I like. Uh, as sprinters back in the day, I think Carl Lewis. Um, all of these people. And I started doing research, watching films. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do this. I'll eat this. And I got really defensive. Uh, in the beginning, mm. um, I was like, no, no, I've got to eat meat. It was just so ingrained in me. Uh, yep. I've got to eat meat, got to do this, got to do that. And the the biggest thing for me, like cutting out dairy out of my diet, yep. really, really helped me a lot. I noticed I could breathe so much better and things like that. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. So how's it going now? Really good. Just continuously um, doing that. I was actually close to buying a website that was all about um cooking and recipes and things like that for for vegans um but i i, I don't really like the word vegan I, I think it's like you're in a box yeah it's a bit um, yeah yeah like i mean plant-based like is honestly a lot better by the way i, I like it's, the, a, how it's that a lot sounds. easier yeah plant-based is easier however i do i do respect a lot of the other things that i think people go over the over the top with um so it's it's one of those things where you get represented the wrong way yeah, yeah some people okay. just... like the minority of the of the people that are plant-based are the ones yeah. that make you make plant-based people look bad sort of thing exactly think about it this way it's like whenever something in soccer football yep. happens that's like slightly derogatory example that bashing the of the ref the other night yeah yeah so it's all over the media everything's yep. all over the media however they don't see the amazing stuff like crowds, community the, stuff, you know, the atmosphere, yeah. the beautiful game. Exactly. They don't see all of that. So that's how it kind of feels. That's a that's a, a bit of a minority. Now that's a that's a really good um, analysis and a really given that we're talking about your career in football, kind of seamlessly makes that you know fit uh, fit the narrative, which is amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> my final two questions are obviously a transition into retirement. There was anyone who wants to find out about in depth. Uh, we'll, I'll post a link to an article that was written about you uh, back end of last year, the year before, um, because you did struggle uh, going from tra- transitioning from football into, you know, everyday work life, but you have found your niche, your, your passion, which is uh, digital marketing, web design with geek media. How did that come about after retirement? 
Uh, for the record, I, I, I'm full time with Tank World. Yep. So um, I'm doing that now. Okay. Uh, Geek Media, however, yeah, how it came about was I became a financial planner. So I started studying when I was playing in Hong Kong. Yep. And I was like, okay, it's, it's starting to uh, wind up now. And I don't really want to stay over here just to, to play football. I would like to go back home. Kids are getting older, all of that stuff. So started to learn uh, financial planning and did all the exams and business. So I did a business diploma as well. So just started to try and get my head around things and see if I liked anything. And then when I came back to Australia, I started working with a company, a financial planning company. Yep. And no disrespect, but it was really boring. I, I like to see myself as a, like more of a creative person. Yep. And the, the owner said, hey, can you please find someone to build me a new website? I want this, 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 this. And I said, oh, I know how to do that. And yep. he was just like, okay, cool. So go ahead and give it a crack. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> then That's I saw there was all these new, Yeah, so I saw there was all these new platforms out there um, because I used to learn like from scratch, like how yep. to code up a website. Yeah, wow. So I learned that when I was, would have been 20 at Newcastle. <laughs> Yep. I was like locked my I was a massive nerd. That's what I am. So I like to figure things out, figured out how to code, build a website. Then fast forward to to there, I was like, oh, it's on WordPress. Okay, let's have a look at WordPress. And I was just like, bang, bang, bang. My eyes were bleeding, built the website, <laughs> yep. sent it to him, and he said, Oh wow, this is amazing. Yeah. How much can I pay you? And he he told me the price and I said, just give me half of that. And then that's when a light bulb just yeah, it's like oh, cool! I can build websites, so I started, and I can get that. paid to do it. Get paid to do it, and then I started doing that, and then I actually got I scouted, if you want to use the football term, yeah. Yeah. to a digital agency up here in Newcastle, and I worked there for a few years just to like upskill and learn my, you know, trade, hone the craft sort of, sort of thing. Yeah, and it was really good. Learn how to work under pressure, but yeah, the transition going back to what you said, the transition is very very tough for an athlete yep. it's hard to explain but you only have a period of a few years where you actually earn good money unless you're probably the top two like erling Haaland in premier league sort of thing yeah so like there's a there's a period where you earn nothing yep. and then you earn okay money then you earn good money i guess to your ability money Yep. Then it just goes down and then the taps just turned off as soon as you retire. And yep. um, a lot of people don't have jobs to go into straight away. Myself, I could have gone into coaching and grinded or done some, um, you know, commentary and things like that. But I, I really wanted to do something that was completely different to football. So then yep. I actually had another skill set yep. uh, rather than just rely on football. And I do see a lot of people really just grinding away at the football thing yeah because they have to and they're, they're you know um and that's what i wanted to get away from not that i love i don't love it i love it but i love being a fan of watching it more exactly than- you want to be able to go to the football and as you said watch it from Enjoy the it. fans point of view yeah yeah exactly so that's what i am now just a massive fanboy, and um yeah transaction transition's very hard finally you know probably two three years later i started to see a bit of daylight and yeah no, that's awesome. That's how Geek Media came about, started my own business. Yeah, yeah nice. So I've got uh, two final questions. First of all, what English Premier League team did you follow growing up? Uh, Liverpool. Liverpool, okay. 
Yeah. Everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people tend to have Liverpool because they are a, an immensely successful club. But um, Craig Johnson was Australian. Yeah. Um, and I used to watch him religiously. Just we had the VHS, we just put it in. My dad was a fan. So just watching them play. Yeah, I think it helped yeah. me a lot to be honest. Just watch. Well, he Craig he Johnson lives in Newcastle, so you never so you never know. Yeah, I've met him a few times up here. Yeah, it's um, I, yeah, it's it's hard not to talk to him about football. But oh, it'd that's... be honestly, it'd be like um, yeah, it'd literally be like talking to a professional footballer and not talking about football. It'd be so bloody hard. My final question is well. is what's next for Ryan Griffith? Sorry, Griffiths. My bad. <laughs> What's next? Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm really happy. Actually, happy where I am. Um, mm-hmm. which, I, it's really surprising to say that because I always want more. I think mm-hmm. that's just part of my nature. But um, actually, really, really happy with where I am at the moment. I would like to um. I've got a few things up my sleeve. I would really like to help players do the transition. It's funny yep. that you mentioned that. Um, I actually had a plan when I retired to help people. That's why I became a financial planner. Okay. To say, you know, just slap a few people and say, don't buy that car. You don't need it. Yeah. Or, um, <laughs> you know, do this, this, this. Then when you retire, you can buy whatever car you want. Yeah. So gotcha. it'd be really, really good. Also just giving them um, an education that's practical. A lot of the education these days, I mean, not these days, there's a lot of things out there, but the traditional way of going to university and, you know, like I did all that study and it was great, but I'm I'm thinking to myself, I did that study to become a financial planner to then just do this. Yeah. So there was like so much more that you needed to do. And I think a lot of players, they do, you know, diplomas or um, bachelors. Yep. And it's... It's very hard when you're at that age to start again. You're starting again. Yeah, you, you so really it's are. It's basically like you're coming out of high school. And... Literally, because you've gone from high school to professional sport and then from professional sport to regular life. Exactly. So, if, unless you're, yeah, the top 2% of people that. <laughs> yeah, and you can you know, retire you them with money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Harry Kuhl or someone like that that can probably get an ambassador's role or. Michael Bridges, who gets yep. a Leeds ambassador's role. Like we don't have that here, no. unless you play NRL or AFL or, or AFL, yeah, yeah. So I know a few of the Knights boys that I used to, you know, hang out with. Um, they've got ambassador roles, and I'm like, how lucky are you? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so they so they got something. Whereas uh, soccer players, unfortunately, at this stage, we we don't. So that's what I'd really like to do: help them have a plan. Um, and help them grow, I guess, uh, outside of football. That's awesome. I'm going to click and uh, stop 